anything that we'll face in our future, we say, God, that you are bigger than it, and we have already overcome it, and we have already won. And Father, as we go forth in this service today, uplifted hearts, Father, certainly praise and worship has drawn us closer to you, Father. And as a result of being closer to you, it is less of us and more of you, Father. You get to demonstrate yourself more. You get to love people more. You get to show yourself strong more on behalf of other people, Father, because you're being strong in our lives. And so be glorified in this service today. Father, the Holy Spirit may have his way today. Lead, guide, direct, correct, reprove, repute, announce, whatever you desire to do today, Holy Spirit. Heal, deliver, set free, make whole. Do so much more than what will be said out of my mouth today in the hearts and lives of your people. And Father, we'll give you all the glory for all the good that will come out of this service on today. In Jesus' name, and everyone that agrees with that prayer, shout in. Let's give our music department. They put my heart in such a good place today. Thank God for the band, the singers. I want you to find three people today. Just love on them. Speak life into them. Encourage them. Edify them. Build them up. While you all are doing that, I want to walk, welcome everyone that is watching via Facebook Live or whatever stream you're, you're watching us on today. I want to welcome you to our services of course, all of our ladies are away at the Purple Rain concert, or concert, Purple Rain, I'm the Prince, Purple Rain threw me off, uh, the Purple Rain ladies event, and so it's, it's roughly about 250 of our own ladies, I think 280 or so total uh, that are there, and so if any of you all are watching today, we want to welcome you. Uh, they're suffering for Jesus down in sunny Orlando, where my wife told me it was about 80 eight degrees the other day, so they're down there suffering for Jesus. All the reports that she's given me is that they're having a great time down there. Now, she will have been gone for a total of six days, and so I'm going to speak right into which one, every one of these cameras are watching while you're down there at that Purple Rain concert. Baby, if you're watching or if someone's watching, they can get the message to her. Uh, just tell her to make sure when she comes home, make sure that while she's there at Purple Rain, when she comes home, tell her to make it rain. That's married life right there. How you all doing this morning? Has God been good to anyone in this building? Well, folks, God has been good to Linked Up Church. Man, what does this hat represent? What does it represent? We were believing God, using our faith to get through the permitting phase. And one of the biggest permits that we needed in approval phase was the demolition permit. Once you get through the demolition permit, then everything just kind of snowballs from there. So, Linked Up Church, I am proud to announce to you that the demolition phase has begun. We are heading on down the road. Come on, somebody ought to give God glory for that. We are heading... We are heading right on down. Come on, you can do better than that. Come on, this, this mobile life is getting ready to be in our rearview mirror. Man, I tell you what, thank God. Thank God for Marietta Performing Arts. Thank God for the West End. But boy, God bless the child who has his own. Praise God. We are heading in the direction 
Uh, of course, you didn't see it before, but everything is being torn out. All those walls come out uh, on this upcoming week, and it's just going to be a blank sheet of paper, a canvas for them to design everything that, that uh, is on that design uh, skid and uh, a grid. And it's just gonna, it's an exciting time, folks, just to see the hand of God and, and where he's brought us from. How many know it took perseverance to get to this place right here? Right? You had to believe that when it was in the house. Come on, somebody. Come on. I'm talking about when all the trucks were in the driveway, you still had to believe that one day that was going to be in your future. Uh, when the deacons were counting in the dining room table. Come on. Well, I mean, they, these guys were there. They know what I'm talking about. Meetings were in the home. We're loading and unloading the truck in the driveway in the wintertime. We've got to take it all, move our cars out, put all the children's stuff in the garage because it can't stay out in the cold because we don't want it to impact your children when they come the next morning. Folks, God is good. And guess what? If he did it for us, he'll do it for you. Of course, we started a series a couple of weeks ago entitled Grow. I can't wait to get to perseverance today. And so there's a way that God has designed for us to grow. And again, depending on how long you've been saved and what you've been taught, a lot of us live in an old dispensation, not really realizing that God has delivered us and, and, and brought us into a better way of doing things. And, and in this way of doing things, you've got to understand, just like a parent, God in his mind has provided everything that you will ever need in life and godliness. He's already provided it for you. The only thing that he's asking you to do is grow. So all he's asking is to, to bring your life to a place where it looks like his son. And he's saying, I've already provided everything else that you will need. And so, of course, uh, in our introduction today, if you're following along, I, I would sure, sure advise you to do so. The Version Bible app is the best way to do it. All of these notes are right there. Go to the events section and then look up Linked Up Church, and then all of the notes are right there. Of course, the, the headings will be up on the screen, but all of the notes are actually there. You can take notes with those notes or with that outline. Uh, or you can just take them right there on your device or whatever you have today. But today is an important lesson today. Because, listen, if you don't have perseverance, whatever you were believing for, you can't stick with it long enough to manifest it. Right? And, and the enemy is going to throw. He's going to snowball you. <laughs> and so you've got to understand that is a part of the process. And you've got to get to a place where you say, okay, if it's a fight you want, then it's a fight you're going to get because I'm not going nowhere until we manifest what we're believing for. And so the introduction today, if you haven't taken your next steps classes, step one is today. If you want to learn about connecting to God, a foundational things that this church was, was founded upon, I encourage you to do so today. Step one, in between services today at 10.30 a.m. Now let's go to our introduction today. About nine points I want to draw out in our introduction. Uh, we've observed that growing in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, number one, two, begins with the foundation of faith. So it's a firm conviction and a firm trust. We've got to find out what God said and then put all of our conviction and trust in that. And then number three, to which we add the quality of virtue. We've got to strive for excellence. Now we know what God wants us to have. 
we have to desire to excel in that. I like to call that your want to. You've got to have a want to to actually have what it is you know he said you can have. And then number four, it's manifested by increasing in knowledge. That's, that's the proof that I actually want it because I'm going to find out everything God said about it, make my life look like that, whether it's spiritual information, natural information. The proof is that I'm pursuing the right information so I can walk in what I know he's already provided for me. And then number five, to which we add the grace of self-control, mastering one's desires and passions. So I'm not going to let the opposite sex, come on somebody, I'm not going to let debt, I'm not going to let food, I'm not going to let my childish youthful passions and desires stop me from walking in God's best for my life, right? At some point, we've got to grow up and get control of those passions. And then number seven. In our text today, let's read that very quickly. Second Peter chapter 1, 5 through 8, we note that we have to, to self-control. We've got to add perseverance. And it makes sense because perseverance is the ability to control yourself every day. Second Peter 1, 5 through 8 says, But also for this very reason, given all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to your virtue knowledge, To your knowledge, self-control, and then this is where we're at today, to self-control perseverance. Number eight, the King James Version renders it as patience. New New King James Version does so as well in many places. The RSV, uh, Revised Standard Version, has the word steadfastness. All right, and so when this word comes to mind as a believer you know, just, you don't have to answer this, but, but for you, how does it relate to self-control? When he says to yourself, perseverance needs to work in conjunction with self-control, I just want you to begin thinking about what does that mean to you? Because after I discipline myself to control my passions and my desires, I have to now operate in something called perseverance. And he said, it has to work with everything that you've just learned up to this point. I just want you to think about it as we go through the message because it may give you some insight. I believe there's a lot of blessings that were left on the table because people quit too soon. I think I want to say that one more time. I believe that there are a lot of blessings, not just a few, but a lot of blessings that were left on the table because people quit too soon. And what you'll learn, as we'll see today, a lot of times when the pressure is the strongest, you're that close. I believe a lot of people quit one day too soon, two hours too soon, one week too soon. You were right there. She gave up on it because you lacked this quality, this virtue, this grace of perseverance. Now, there are four areas we're going to look at today. We're going to look at the definition of perseverance. We're going to look at perseverance, how it can be both passive and active. Uh, We're going to look at uh, really it's necessary. Our spiritual growth demands it. And then we're going to look at how it's developed today, okay? And so follow along. This is so important. If you don't get this one today, that's why I believe it's almost right in the middle of all the rest of them. Because once you get to this point, folks, you got to be able to press through. Right? You've got to have this ingredient right here because the enemy is not getting ready to let you have what you're believing for without a fight. So let's look at the definition. Let's look at the definition of perseverance. Number one today, the definition of perseverance. And a few points up underneath that. The Greek word is hupomone. Hupomone. 
mone. And it literally means an abiding under. The word abiding means that I'm going to settle down, I'm going to take up residence, stay right here, okay? So the Greek word is hupomone, and that's the only way we're going to look at it today. Literally is an abiding under. Uh, Second definition there, strong defines the word as a cheerful or hopeful endurance. So, So one of the ways to know if you're operating in hupomone is if I'm going through hell, but I still have a smile on my face. Right? I still have a hope that even though this looks like I am out, man, but God, I am going to have a but God moment on the other side of this. That's how you know you're operating in it because in the natural, it looks like you lost, but you got a smile on your face. Come on, you've got a hope about you that everything is going to be all right. Why? Because everything is all right. Number three, it implies suffering enduring or waiting. I know we don't like these, but it's a part of being saved. It's part of being a Christian. It implies suffering, enduring, or waiting. Listen to this. As a determination of the will and not simply under necessity. And that's according to ISBE, which is the International Study Bible Encyclopedia. Now, let me explain that definition. This is the person who actually can go through something but stay even killed. You understand what I'm talking about? They are going through hell, but nobody knows it because they stay even killed. They don't come in selling it. Pray for me. I'm going through. The devil is busy. Oh, you don't know what this. They don't do any of it. That's not Hooper Mona. This person comes in like everything has already been taken care of, and they might even give you an answer when all hell is breaking loose. Like, you know what? God is good. Everything I'm seeing right now, I know I've already won. And they have this even kill about them that they can go through something, but nobody knows. Timothy, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. If you look up sound mind, it means a self-disciplined mind. This mind has the ability to stay the same at all times, regardless of what it's facing. So if it's down, it means nothing to this person because they know I'm getting back up. If they're up, it means nothing to this person because God is good whether I'm up or whether I'm down. It does not change God. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And if he delivered me yesterday, he will deliver me today. Come on, somebody in this place. And it stays that way regardless of what life throws at it. Number two, perseverance can be both passive and active. It can be both passive and active. Let's look at a a few thoughts here. I love commentaries because a lot of times the English words when we're translating from the Greek doesn't really give us a real good picture of of how to define something. It gives one little word there. I kind of like the descriptions. They give me a better understanding uh, of what the word means. But, But in the passive sense, it would be like a ship anchored in a storm, under attack by the winds and the waves, yet remaining secure to that one spot by the anchor. So there are going to be times in your life, folks, where all hell is breaking loose against you and all God's going to say is drop the anchor and stay right there. Don't move, don't smile, don't change. Just keep saying the same thing. I'm sorry, have a cheerful look on your face. And in this situation, stay there until you weather the storm and then keep heading towards your destination. 
in the active sense, it's like a ship sailing despite the storm. So it's under attack by the same winds and the waves, but it presses on to its destination despite the obstacles. So that means there'll be other times in your life when you can see all hell is breaking loose. And your friends and family will tell you, do you still want to move? Do you still want to keep going with that business? Do you still, everything around you will say, you should not move forward under these circumstances. But God will say to you, keep moving forward in spite of the circumstances because I've got you on the other side. And throughout the course of your life, you'll see both where it's time to plant that doesn't mean I stop. It's just we're going to stay here for a moment, weather this storm until, we, until it's time to start moving forward. Then there'll be other times when it doesn't look like we should move forward. God's going to say move forward anyway. That's when you get to learn that God is with you and you couldn't have done that without his help. I need three people in here to just shout glory right now. Adam Clark describes it as bearing all trials and difficulties with an even mind. We talked about that. Bearing all difficulties with an even mind. No, here it is. Even mind, enduring in all and persevering through all. So this person is going to bear and stay under every single trial or difficulty that life throws at them. This person has a no quit mentality. It doesn't matter which angle the enemy throws something at them again. You, they will say, you know what, it's just another attack of the enemy. You know what, he lost the last time. He is going to lose again this time. This person is only going to see trials that way and will never fall or break under the trial, but will remain the same throughout the trial. This is best exemplified by Jesus. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, two of my favorite mentors are Jesus and Paul. I study them all the time. They mentor me all the time. Let's look at an example of both of them, folks. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says, Therefore, we are also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, which means everything that I'm going through, there's somebody that has lived overcome that, had the victory, died, gone on to heaven, and is in that great cloud of witnesses right now cheering you on and saying, I did it, you can do it also. But notice he said, lay aside every weight. Lay aside every weight. When you look up the Greek word there for weight, it's really talking about hindrances, things that just weigh you down. They're not sins, you know, and of course they're not bad for you, but they're not good for you either. I mean, we all have them. So, so in other words, I could run a little faster if I just let go of this right here. So he said, lay aside every weight, and of course we know the sin. And again, they're present in all of our lives that so easily ensnares us. I mean, there are areas of all of our lives that if we are not careful, that one can easily trip us up right there. He said, lay all of that aside, right? And let us run, here's that word, with endurance the race that is set before us. Folks, this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. And if you don't set your mind for the long haul and you think this is a 100-yard sprint, then the enemy is going to pass you at 100 because this is an 800, folks. This is a long-distance marathon. And you've got to strap it on and be ready for the entire race. He says here, endure, endurance the race that is set before us. 
looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So you've got to believe that the good work that Jesus has begun in you, he will finish it. He will perform it. You've got to believe that if he started it in you, then he has the ability to finish it. As long as you don't quit. I don't care what you've gone through. I don't care how many times you've lost. Remember, as a believer, we don't lose. We learn lessons. We just get better. We get back up. We get back in the race, and we keep running because God is the one with the clock, folks. He's the one at the finish line. So he can lengthen the race if he needs to. Come on, somebody. Slow the race down because God will stay with you as long as you'll stay with him until you win, folks, as long as you don't quit. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Look at his example. Who for the joy that was set before him. See, what's your goal? What is it you're believing God for? Where's your faith? What are you standing on? He was able to look past everything that he had to go through because there was something out in front of him that was greater than what he had to go through to get it. Oh, you didn't even hear that right there. Did you hear what I, did you? If you don't have something out in front of you that is greater than what you have to go through to get it, you're not living. You're existing. If it was easy, everyone would do it. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame. Yes, people are going to shame you. They're going to talk about you. That's what they do. But remember, nobody has ever talked about you from the top down. It's always people talking about you from the bottom up, right? Why are they doing that? Because they want to pull you down to their level. They cannot stand the fact that you are going on, you're winning in spite of all of the shaming and talking. People are going to be people. Let God be God in your life and despise all the shame. In other words, even though they were shaming him, he was looking back at them like, yeah, talk about me now because you won't be able to talk about me for long. There's a victory on the other side of this shame. Come on, somebody. You've got to have that about you. You've got to be able to look back at your family. Don't say a word, but think on the inside. Talk about me while you can because we won't be a mobile church forever. We won't be in the basement forever. Come on, somebody. We will not go back and forth forever because the Lord is on our side. And if God be for us, then who can be against us? Folks, the shame is an indication that you are on the right track. You are heading down the road. You are going to make it. Why? Because people are talking about you. It's an indication that you are going to win. Don't let it get you down. Let it motivate you. Let your haters motivate you to get there in spite of them. Glory to God. He despised the shame and now is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's look at Paul. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. I can remember when all of that happened. Man, oh, you got fire. Oh, and how many of you know a lot of shame comes with that? You don't even want to go out in public. You don't know how people are viewing you. You don't want to answer all the questions, but you got to go out in public anyway, folks. You got to answer the questions anyway. You got to say to yourself, if, if God is truly God in my life, let me give him enough time to show everybody. Right? You've you got to get to a place where I don't need to defend myself. I will let God defend. Let him fight this battle for me. Let me just keep going and let the fruit of it speak for itself. Don't waste your time stopping to fight with people. Look at Paul, 2 Timothy chapter 3, 10 and 11. says, but you have carefully followed my doctrine. He's writing to Timothy. Manner of life, 
purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, and here's that word again, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions. Watch this. Which, happens to, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. But what persecutions I endured. You know, he's almost saying that like, man, almost every city I went through, they gave me their best shot and I went through it. But boy, did God give me the grace to endure every single one of them. Folks, listen, it might hit you at every turn, every job you go to, every neighborhood you move in. Come on, every new deal that you get, it might hit you at every turn. But you've got to be like Paul and say, man, I endured every single one of them. And then look at what he's going on to say. And out of them all. The Lord delivered me. That was Paul's testimony. I'm preaching to somebody today, and that will be your testimony as well. The Lord will deliver you and has delivered you out of everything that you are going through and that you will go through in the future. And if there was an ounce of faith in this building, you could already give God glory today for the deliverance that he's already provided for you tomorrow. Listen to what Paul said. I endured them all and the Lord delivered me from every single one of them. I prophesy to somebody in this building today that what you're going through right now, you will be delivered. You have been delivered. You have already come out victorious on the other side. Come on, don't wait to come out to give God glory. Give God glory before you come out because it's an indication that I know I'm coming out. Open up your mouth today and give God glory. Give him honor. Give him praise because he is good. Glory to God. I can remember a person told me, you won't last three years. You won't make it three years. We will celebrate four years, January the 5th. Come on, somebody. Not only will we celebrate four years, we're going to celebrate it with a grand opening service in July of 2018. You've got to learn how to talk back to the people who talk to you and tell you what you can't do. Glory to God. Glory to God. Paul said the Lord delivered me, not out of some of them, but he delivered me out of all of them. Stop acting like what you're going through is too big for God. Nobody has been through. You don't understand what I'm... Listen, everybody has been through what you're going through. It's called life. Put your big boy underwear on, big girl panties on, strap it up, put your belt on, put it on the tightest belt buckle you can. Wake up every day and say, if it's a fight you want, then it's a fight you are going to get. Glory to God. Number three, our spiritual growth demands perseverance. Our spiritual growth demands perseverance. We've got a few points under here. It's necessary for maturity. How can you recognize a mature believer? They can go through something, not be affected by it. Some people use going through something as an excuse to go back out in the world. Hooper Monet will never do that. Hooper Monet will go through something and get better. It's necessary for our maturity. So we must allow, number one, up underneath point number three, we must allow patience or Hooper Monet 
to develop a mature character within us. Go to Romans chapter 5. Go to Romans chapter 5. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I almost feel like going at somebody right now. I almost feel like biting the back out of something right now. I almost want somebody to tell me we won't have that grand opening in July of 2018. I almost want somebody to tell me that so we can go at that too. Glory to God. Not in anything of myself, folks, but when you get here, what I'm telling you is whatever comes, whatever obstacle is put in your way, you know you're going through it. Romans 5, therefore, having been justified by faith, declared righteous, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we glory in tribulations. What? What? Because most people are sobbing in tribulations. Right? Most people are tribulating in tribulations. (laughs) Very few are glorying in tribulations. Like, look at God. I lost my job. (laughs) Something about that doesn't, right? Look at God. Look at God. The kids are acting a fool. Look at God. Right? We don't see it that way. Look at God. My spouse has lost their mind. Look at God. We don't glory in those things unless you've got some inside information. Unless you walk by faith and not by sight. Come on, anybody tribulating right now? Come on, anybody going through a little bit of tribulation right now? Come on, ask the question. Is anybody going through a little tribulation right now? Well, go ahead and glory in your tribulation for a moment. Come on, go ahead and say, look at God. Come on, look at God in this tribulation. Come on, can you see God in your tribulation? Look, let's keep reading. He said, they glory in tribulations because they got some inside information. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. And character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been shared, poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Now, if you understand what he just said. If you knew how much God loved you, whatever it is that you're going through, you know he won't leave you in that situation. I'm talking about if you had an ounce of revelation of how much God loves you and he poured that all into your heart. You won't waste a minute crying. You won't waste a second. Come on, up late at night, can't sleep. Come on. You won't waste an ounce of your time because you know God loves you too much to leave you in this situation that you're in right now. So if you listen to what he said here, what he's saying in this text here is that you literally need tribulation to produce perseverance. How would you know whether or not you have perseverance? Unless you tribulate a little bit. Right? So you've got to actually recognize tribulation as an opportunity to develop perseverance. 
Look at James chapter 1, verse 4. Says it another way. James 1, 4 says, but let patience, same word, hupermone, have the perfect work, have its perfect work. Why? So that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. So you've got to stay in it until you mature through it. How do you know you matured through it? Because you didn't change. You got better. You grew. Your muscle got bigger in that area. Go to Luke chapter 8. We must bear fruit with Hooper Monet. You got to bear fruit with Hooper Monet. You know in the parable, go to Luke chapter 8, the parable of the sower sows the word. And the explanation of that parable, you know, how many of y'all believe that you are good ground? The one that actually produces, look at what it describes as the solution for that individual in verse 15. The one with the good heart, the word goes into the good ground of their heart and they produce fruit. But look at how it says they produce fruit. Verse 15 says, but the ones that fell on the good ground, see, are those who having heard the word, right? Good, noble heart, right? They keep it and they bear fruit with hooperbonae. So, in other words, a, a mature believer knows the only way to bear some real fruit is to have perseverance. I like to look at it this way. How long can you hang? Hmm? Right? You ever worked out before? Anybody ever worked out before? Right? All right. A, a good trainer is going to test you first because you know we're, oh, we're, we're going to talk. I'm in great shape. I can run the four miles. I can run it in seven minutes. <laughs> They're going to put that mask on your face, put you on that machine and test you. Right? To see how long you can really hang. <laughs> I see it all the time in the gym. I mean, it, <gasps> it's been a long time since I, right? Folks, this is Hooper Monet. You've got to build up your endurance. Right, because this is not good news, what I'm getting ready to tell you. What you just came through is preparing you for the one that's coming. See, you get around grown folks like Apostle Fred Price, and he ain't giving you no excuses. None. He told me this was just a part of my development. Why? Because he's a general. You know what he was saying? I've seen all of this before. This is what you do. So calm, so relaxed. It's interesting that he said this, though. He said, if you truly didn't do anything wrong, then why wouldn't you keep going forward? See, he was locating me. See, if you really are who you said you are, go forward. Grown man stuff. Just as calm, right? Right? Then he told me it's all part of your development. This will get you ready for what's coming after that. And then, like somebody 80 years old, goodbye, because they don't want to talk a long time. You're like, I wanted something deep. I wanted something, I wanted him to prophesy and make it all go away. All a part of your development. You know what he was saying? Grow up. How can you lead people through their trials and you're collapsing under yours? Come on, y'all ain't ready for this. 
Which means if you are a leader, you have to go through more than what your people actually go through. It's necessary to endure endure trials, letter B. It's necessary to endure trials. Go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. You'll see here that perseverance helped the Thessalonians to endure their trials. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, 3 and 4 says, We are bound to thank God always for you. Paul is impressed with this group here, with this church. He says, Brethren, as it is fitting because your faith grows exceedingly. Well, how can he see that? How does he know that? And the love of every one of you all abounds towards each other. That's certainly one way to see So that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God. We're telling all the other churches. What what are you telling them, Paul? For your patience and faith and all of your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. See, we don't testify about that kind of stuff. We want to testify about the house that got paid off, the the million dollars. But but, but let me tell you what's a greater testimony is is that, you know what, I lost my job. You know what, my my husband left me. I thought that was the end of the world, but but God. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about that's a great testimony to show how you endured the persecution and the tribulation. Come on, somebody, because you know it gives hope to other people who are going to have to endure themselves. A lot of times these testimonies confuse people. God made me a millionaire. So what? What did you go through to get it? That's what I want to know. Tell me your process. It's always the end of the story, right? But you didn't get from A to B like that. No, you went through something to get there. And we need to hear all of that. It's necessary to endure trials. Notice it even helped Job in his trial. Go to uh, James chapter 5. It helped Job in his trials. James chapter 5, look at verse 11. James 5, 11 says, indeed, we count them blessed who endure. What? See, again, we usually say people are blessed who are prosperous. See, what was, you see how that gospel got perverted? Everything was about that. And listen, you can't measure maturity by what kind of car a person drives. You can't measure maturity by the kind of house a person lives in, but you can measure it by what they've endured. See, how many of you know to stay married for 20 plus years? That's called Hooper Monet. This is somebody that said, my covenant means something to me, right? And we're going to go through whatever we have to go through together. Because we're coming out victorious on the other side because there are no other options on the table. That's called Hooper Monet. Well, I meant what I said when I stood up there 30 years ago. I didn't just say that to you. I said that before God. And if God is a covenant-keeping God and I'm his son, then I need to be a covenant-keeping man. So whatever we need to go through, we will go through it together to get to the end of this. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. We need more people like that. I said we need more people like that. I said we need more people like that. We want to quit at the littlest of, of what? He, he not doing this. He not working. She not doing this. But they're not cheating on you. They're doing their best. Come on, somebody. Why can't we just celebrate that and keep working together? This is a marathon, not a sprint. 
okay, we had a bad year. We can, have a, we can learn from it and have a better year next year. Why is quitting the option? Then, of course, they're going to go get around other people who quit. How'd you do it? I don't really want to know how anybody quit. I want to know how you stayed with it. Oh, I'm preaching better than you saying amen. I'm not looking down on you, but I don't want to know how you quit. I want to know how you stayed with it. I want to be with somebody that, see, that's what I love about my wife, that when I don't have a job, she still treats me like I got one. That's why I love her so much. She got some stuff coming. I just told her, let us get these kids out of here. And I'm going to spend the, they on the payroll right now. Let us get these kids out of here. I'm going to make the rest of your life, listen, and mark my words on that. All this sacrificing this woman been doing to help us raise these kids, she's going to get the benefit of that for the rest of her life. It's everything we've been spending on these kids, I'm going to turn around and spend it on her. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not looking to trade her in on a younger model. Somebody with less gray in their hair. Come on, so I don't care nothing about that. You weren't there for the struggle. You didn't help us build nothing. You going to try to come in on the back end and get the benefit of the woman that did help build and, and struggle and go through and, and move to five different cities? Come on. No, that's not happening. We need more hoopa Monet in our marriages. Job lost everything. You've heard of the perseverance of Job in James 5.11. You've seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. You all know the story of Job. Job lost everything, right? In a tornado, he lost his entire family. He lost his home. He lost everything. And like any normal human being, you're going to react like a human being. You might think that God had something to do with that. Then friends are friends, right? They mean well, but they can give you some bad advice. They mean well. But, but go to Job well, 42.10. But when Job worked himself through all of that and he came to himself, and I'm going to prophesy this over somebody's life today. When Job was able to work through all of that, you remember at one point, Job was even trying to tell God what happened. God said, where were you when I hung the moon? Where were you, little peon, when I hung the stars? Right? Because, I mean, when we're going through, we can get a little off from time to time. But Job worked himself through all of that. Job 42.10 says, and the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. And I prophesy to somebody in this building today who has lost everything that the Lord is going to give you back double for your trouble and you're going to recover twice as much as you lost. If that is a word of the Lord to anybody in this building today, then open up your mouth, release your breast praise on the God. Come on, I am a living witness that you can lose everything. And in three and a half years, God can give you back twice as much as you lost. Come on, somebody ought to put their hope in God because he is good. You know what they just told us while the demolition was going on? Uh, they looked up there and it looked like the roof had never been touched. The beams looked brand new. 
So obviously the first owner only had it for a few years and it sat empty for a long time. Then the group that came in and bought it, they didn't go up that high. They, they actually fixed everything below that. So when they tore all of it out, they were like, this building is in excellent condition. And they do this all day, every day, all around the country. They said, this building is worth minimum, worth minimum a million dollars more than what you all probably paid for. Now, you sitting there pity-patting. You better put your hands together and give God sitting. Come on. Come on. The God is no respecter of person. If he did it for Job, if he did it for Joel, he will do it for you. Come on. Open up your mouth and give God some praise in this place today. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. And favor and miracle and favor and miracle just keeps happening. You can lose everything. And God can give you back twice as much as you lost. Man, I feel so athletic right now. I just feel like I could take off running and just leap over this entire section, land in the row right there behind that section, take off running all the way around that side. When we get in that building, folks, I got the first lap in that building. Give me the first lap. Don't run. Don't take off before I take off. Wait on me to take off because I get the first lap in that building. Glory to God. Come on, somebody's got restoration coming in their life. Come on, somebody, if you'll just stay with it a little longer. Come on, somebody. If you just won't quit, God's getting ready to restore back to you everything that you lost. If you'll just stay under with a smile on your face. It's necessary for eternal life. Let's just read one of these. Go to Hebrews chapter 10. It's necessary for eternal life. Hebrews chapter 10. Verses 35 and 36 says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. That's your all outspokenness and your frankness and your boldness, not in yourself, but in God, that he will and has delivered you from your situation. So don't cast that away because it has a great reward for you have need of endurance. You see that word again, hoopermone, so that after you've done the will of God. You'll receive the promise. The promise he's referring to here, folks, is eternal life. How I many of you've got to have some stand power if you're going to be here at the end? Depending on your age, you may have 70 more years to go. And so just because we got it today doesn't mean you'll have it tomorrow. Hoopermone continues all the way to the end. Like Paul, if I live, I live for Christ. If I die, I die for Christ. This person is going to be in Christ until the end. How is perseverance developed? We can't get all of these in today. Let me just give you a few of them. You've got to have the right elements. Number four, let's close with this. You've got to have the right elements. Number one, I mean, you've got to have the word of God. Got to have the word of God. You cannot walk in this without the word of God. Romans chapter 15, verse 4. It'll go up on the screen. It says, For whatsoever things were written before were written for our learning, 
that we might, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, we might have what? Hope. The Word of God, whatever is written, is written for our learning. And then we, through patience, which is that word, hooper and mone, and comfort, will have hope. The Scriptures it is that we're reading and learning. Number two, we've got to have a strong hope, which eagerly helps us wait with perseverance. Go to Romans chapter 8, look at verse 25. But if we hope for what then do, for if we hope for what we do not see, then we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. If you've raised kids in here, they start, when they're younger, they start getting ready for Christmas in September. And they eagerly wait with hope. Anybody in here? Right? September, they already, the list. Here's my list. I'm like, man, we haven't even celebrated Harvest Fest yet. We haven't gone through Thanksgiving. And they eagerly wait with hope, and they endure whatever they have to endure to get to the gifts. Right or wrong? That's what he's referring to. It's literally, it's going to create this level of a strong hope in you. And what God said, even though we can't see it, we're going to persevere and eagerly wait for it until we see it. If you're single out here, be encouraged. See, when it's not Hooper Monet, then you'll try to wait with someone that you know you'll never spend the rest of your life with. And that's a wait. So you get one of those, oh, you might want to stay right there for a little minute and park right there. No, I'm just kidding. You all understand that? If it's Hooper Monet, it's not going to waste its time on what it's not hoping for. Right clear on that? Prayer will certainly help as Paul prayed for the the church at Colossians. Go to Colossians chapter 1 verse 11. The Colossians prayer, part of that prayer, look at what he prayed in verse 11. He said that they would be strengthened with all might according to his glorious glorious power. Watch this. For all patience and long-suffering with what? See that, that whatever they went through they'd be able to endure through it and not lose their joy. It's a sign of maturity. Number four, even tribulations themselves. Go back to Romans chapter 5, look at verse 3. It says, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produce patience. So listen to what that means then. Tribulations produce perseverance, and perseverance prepares us for tribulations. And they just keep working together. Did you all catch that? Tribulation, this was interesting to me. Tribulation produces perseverance. And then perseverance prepares us for more tribulation. It's called life. Right? Anybody ever got to a place where you thought, man, we're here now. Praise God. And then you got there and bam! Anybody here know what I'm talking about? You're like, not again. It's called life, right? And that's the one that's preparing you for for what's next. See, I can look back now, folks. I I couldn't have told you this, but I'm so glad I got fired. I couldn't have told you that on that day. But, man, I can see those same people today and kiss them on the forehead and say, man, I love you so much. What can I do to be a blessing to you? Thank you. Because what maturity will do is, is you won't just go through something. 
without growing through what you go through. So I actually love who I've become coming out of it much better than the person I was while I was in it. You missed that. Somebody missed a good place to shout right there. And what it does is it heals your heart, and you get to love the people who actually put you through it because when you went through it at first, it's like, look what they did to me. When you grow through it, you look back and look at the opportunity that they provided for me. They've been such a blessing to me. And we're going to go back and be a blessing to them someday because of how good they've been to us. They were so good to us. They blessed us so good. See, you're missing that. That's a good place. You got to get to that place where you can just say, you know what, thank God for them. You all like, I'm not there yet in my situation. Keep praying for me, Pastor, but I'm working towards that. Long, long as you're heading in that direction, you're doing all right, okay? So even tribulations themselves, all right? And, and we're going to go ahead. I think you all get it for today, right? The outline is right there uh, within your, your New Version Bible app. I think you get it. We've looked at this up, down, all the way around. I think it's clear, folks. You've got to learn how to go through what you're going through with a smile on your face with some inside information, knowing that I've already won this situation. Let me figure out how I can develop more character. Let me grow through. Not, not, don't waste it. Not, don't just go through it. Grow through it. Hallelujah. And I just want to get in faith with some people in here today that, that need a little bit more Hooper Monet in their lives. If that's you, just stand on your feet right now. If you just need a little bit more Hooper Monet in your life, just stand on your feet. Say, Pastor, I'm going through. I'm not going through with what you talked about today. We're going to give you a chance to just go ahead and develop some of that today. Now, I know you think I'm getting ready to pray on you, put something on you. I know you think I'm getting ready to lay my hands on you and put something on you. Folks, listen, that's an Old Testament principle. I got so much to share with you all. That's an Old Testament principle. I'm going to put my hands on you and give you something. It's an Old Testament principle. What I'm telling you, through his death, burial, and resurrection, he put his hands on you and put something on you. See, you you missed it right there. You, You don't have to wait on people to put something on you. It's already on you. I got to get there because the man of God might speak. No, it's already been spoken over you. You just got to develop in this and grow in this. All right, so you already have determined that you need more of it. You just learn one of the ways that you can actually develop it and grow in it is by giving God glory through it. So, again, you're waiting on me to do something. God's waiting on you to demonstrate something. Some of you all will catch that when you get in the car. I was actually supposed to give God glory when we were in the service. I was just standing there staring at him. I was actually supposed to act on what I believe by lifting up my hands and opening up my mouth and giving God glory. You're not developing it like this. You develop it like this. You develop it like, God, you are God in spite of my situation. Come on, you develop it by giving God glory in the midst of it. 
Come on, you develop it by having joy in the midst of your trials. Glory to God. You develop it by having a smile on your face. You develop it by thanksgiving and praise and glory and honor that you lift up to your Father. And if we had more time, I'd sing us a song right there that just fit and just drove that home. We'll get to that place soon and very soon. All right? So I just want to give you 10 seconds. It's your choice to just go ahead and glory in what it is that you're going through right now. You're not developing it like this, though. I can promise you that. You got to say something. You've got to put a smile on your face. Come on, you've got to open up your mouth. You've got to give God the glory for it. Hallelujah. 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 Now, every one of us that, that are developing in this, come on, let's rejoice and give God glory. Come on, let's thank God with the ones that need a little bit more of it. We rejoice with you. We glorify God on your behalf. We say with you that God is good. He is great, and he is greatly to be praised. Come on, I rejoice in your victory. I rejoice in your, your, your ability to stay under and remain. I rejoice with you. And for somebody in here, I, I don't know who it is, but, but you're going to have a testimony that God restored back to you twice as much as you lost because of your willingness to develop maturity through what you went through. Glory to God. That's on this church, folks. That's what's on this church. And if it's on this church, how many of you know it's on the people that are in this church? Now, if you're not standing, let's just all stand to our feet, lift our hands to the Father today. And Father, I pray for every person in this room. We all can develop more of this, Father, because we have not seen our greatest challenges yet. Our greatest challenges are still out in front of us. But Father, we also know that our greatest victories are out in front of us as well. And so, Father, help them to develop at the level that they're at right now and be able to maintain a posture of an even mind. Be able to glory in it, Father. Never lose their joy. Give you the glory, Father. Never show their hand. When they show up in public, Father, they show up the same way every time. Their response is the same, that you are good and you are greatly to be praised. Father, that is my prayer for every believer, is that you grow us up in perseverance so that it does not impact our faith. Thank you and give you glory for that today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If you receive it, just thank God for it today. Praise God. If you're in this building today, just look up here at me. It's what happens to so many people. They start the race, but they can't finish the race because life hits them. Life's going to hit everyone, folks. If you stay with God, God will stay with you, and he'll see you all the way through. If you're in this building today, you don't want to go through life without God. Can you imagine getting hit, and you don't have him on your side? So if you're in this building today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want to invite you to be a part of the winning team and join a winning family today by receiving Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Secondarily, you might say, Pastor, I'm already saved. But man, I I just allowed myself. I got hit a few times and, and I went back out there into the world. This message was for me today. I've got to get in and stay in, not let circumstances get me off my path. That's you today and you've gotten away from God. Say, I want to repent from that behavior and reap or really dedicate my life back to Christ. If that's you today, I want to pray with and for you. Thirdly, if you've never been baptized, 
filled with the Holy Spirit, Bible evidence of praying in other tongues. You want to learn more about that gift today. I want to pray with and for you. And then finally, every sheep needs a shepherd. Linked Up Church is a good church. A lot of other good churches around the metropolitan Atlanta area. But if God has confirmed and convicted that this is where he wants you or you and your family planted, we'll be happy to receive you today. Don't put off to tomorrow what God has convicted you about today. You need to be a part of a local church. you got to help God with his mission and his plan in the earth. And so now, while every head is bowed, every eye is closed in prayer.